0: Hi, I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Said. Hello, hello, hello. This is Polly Campbell, and you're listening to Polly Campbell Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy so we can do the work that matters and create the lives we want to live. You know, I started this podcast three years ago now. We celebrated our three-year anniversary a couple of weeks ago. So if you want to go back and listen to some of my favorite tips from the first three years, you can find that on a past episode. But when I started the show, I had no idea what I was doing. I was learning as fast as I could, reading and talking to people and, and all that kind of thing. All I knew is I needed a creative spark. And I like to learn and I like to talk to people who are much smarter than I am because that's a good way for me to learn. So I was excited to do this, but I was also afraid. I knew that I was gonna make a lot of mistakes. And I knew that if I waited until I had this perfect, it would never go, I would never get it done. I would just overthink and over worry. I didn't didn't wanna be blocked by that. So this fear of failure really slowed me down for a while. And then I just decided to jump in. And it's been one of the best experiences I've had professionally and personally creating this podcast. But so often we get caught up in those worries about whether we can make it work or not in our own fear of failure. Often the things that get in the way of our success, in the way of creating the experience and the work we wanted, the biggest obstacles are us. We get in our own way, and instead of moving forward and moving out of our comfort zones to expand and create awesome relationships and experiences, we play it small to avoid feelings of disappointment or failure. Now, sometimes this occurs in an extreme case called atychophobia. Atychophobia is a fear of failure in extreme. It's when we have anxiety or avoidance. We feel out of control, helpless, powerless, but all have felt the fear of failure to some degree. Today, that's what we are talking about and we're going to go deep. We're going to attack this topic from a few different perspectives with Sydney Louie and Greg Louie. Sydney is currently finishing her second year at the UC Davis School of Law. And as a law student, she's also a wellness representative committed to helping her peers navigate the law school experience in a healthy way, both physically and mentally. This summer, she plans to work at Disability Rights in California, That's a nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world where people with disabilities are supported. Greg Louie has been a business owner and radio personality for over three decades. Greg has founded and managed five companies that include a marketing company for service, auto and medical industries. He's also started a chain of golf retail shops, building custom fit golf clubs an international golf radio show and a marketing consulting firm in the technology space, which led to media company. Now he's the network lead for ElectroCast and the best business network, which Polly Campbell simply said is proud to be a part of on ElectroCast. And he's also a producer and co-host of a couple of podcasts, including DIY for Business. So I wanted to bring Greg on from the entrepreneurial perspective and Sydney on because I think there's a tremendous amount of challenge for students and how to learn to cope with it in a healthier way welcome Sydney and Greg
2: how's it going Polly
0: doing good thanks for being here Greg I love this idea I was talking to you a little bit before the show because you come at it from two sides as an entrepreneur and business person but also as a parent as we jump into this I want to know how you've come up against this topic this fear of failure and this sense of failure in your own life in all the roles that you have
2: well it's a great question Polly and I love your intro because you say we all deal with it and it's true to a certain extent we're always facing you know uh, obstacles and we're worried whether we're going to overcome those obstacles and I remember one of the episodes that you had about sleep And one of the things that came out of that episode was you're laying in bed and you're trying to think of solutions, right? And it's keeping you up at night. And I totally identified with that because that's what happened. I'm always looking for answers and sometimes it affects my sleep. With always looking for those answers, I have to deal with, are they the right answers? Are we going to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish with whatever task we're we're tackling? And you know, the fear of failure happens so often in business that I try to look at it a different way. And I try to teach, uh, you know, the people that work with me to look at it as instead of being worried about failing, try to redefine what success is. What are we trying hmm. to accomplish and how do we get to that? And if we can just work the process to getting to that, that end goal, then that's a success. We should look at a success and not look at it even if we didn't get the deal or we weren't able to hit a deadline. As a failure, we should look at, did we do the process that we set out to do? And you know that should be looked at as a win instead of a loss.
0: I love that perspective. And most of us aren't taught to think of it that way in the beginning, right? We're, we're taught to focus on the outcome that, oh, I didn't get the deal. I lost the company thousands or in some cases, millions of dollars. I blew it. I'm not right. We go down that rabbit hole, Greg, of, of seeing the cost of our failure instead of seeing the opportunity it created for our future success. I think
2: a lot of it comes down to what you can control and what you can't control there's certain things you just can't control in life and you can do everything right. One of your episodes, I love listening to your show, by the way. So oh, I, thank I, you. I'm referencing a lot, of, a lot of episodes, but one of your episodes talked about baseball and hitting the sweet spot, right? And as you know, people that understand baseball, you know, you're on the all-star team. If you're, getting on, you know, if you're getting a hit three out of 10 times, that means you're not getting a hit seven out of 10 times. And I, I go back to the process, right? You can do all the process right. You can be working on your swing. You could be studying the pitcher. You can know what they want to throw to you in certain situations. And you could nail the ball right on the sweet spot and hit a line drive to left center. And all of a sudden the left fielder comes in and makes a diving catch and you're out. You did everything right. And you still didn't get on base and you still didn't score the runner at second base, right? You shouldn't be upset that you failed at that at bat. You didn't fail. You did everything properly and you did everything into your best ability to get a hit. And I I think that that's that's where people need to change the mindset of, of failing. You're not failing if you're doing the process and you're working as hard as you can to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish.
0: But there's complete pressure. Sydney, I know you feel it as a student of almost two decades. And in law school, you are measured by A's and B's. You are measured by whether you pass the bar exam and, and whether you get through school. How do you keep this at bay? And how do you talk to other students as a wellness representative to help minimize the stress so you can keep moving forward instead of becoming paralyzed by the prospects that you might get the bad grade?
1: As we speak, I'm in the middle of studying for finals. So the fear of failure looms large. Um, but I think similar to how my dad sees things, I try to look at everything as a learning experience. So even if I do go up to bat, you know, and I miss every single time, I, you know, maybe I did do some things wrong, but every time that I fail, I'm able to to readjust and to learn from my mistakes and to improve. Um, and to me, that's what's really valuable. Um, but you're right, I'm graded on a curve. So even if I do my best, other students might do better. And I feel like a lot of times my fear of failure it comes up in relation to comparison to others. Um, and so. I try to reframe in my mind that I'm not competing against anyone else. If I do my best, that's all I can hope for. And I try to teach that uh, as a wellness representative, too, um, to focus really on self-care, on self-improvement, on taking time. For a long time, I saw therapy as a failure because I thought it meant that I couldn't handle life um, on my own, which I perceived other people as being able to do. Um, and so now I really try to teach that you now asking for help is actually it requires a lot of strength.
0: I absolutely agree, and i I love that you brought this comparison aspect and i I talk about therapy as it's one of my hobbies, like <laughs> I love going to learn about myself, you know, but I do think there still persists that that we're weak or broken or something's wrong. We're not smart if we have to ask outside people for help. But the reality is those are some of the smartest people I know because they got in there and dealt with these obstacles and have thrived despite them and with them and through them. And and so I've learned a lot from watching people but comparison works the other way. Like you were saying, Sydney, like I look around at these authors that, you know, they're bestsellers and they have this award-winning book out and all these things. And it's really easy to get caught up in this feeling that, well, we're not doing what she's doing down the street, so we must be failing when really we're just having two unique experiences, I think.
2: I You'd love be- the fact that, Sydney that, you know, part of the wellness committee is you know, offering, you know, therapy services to the students. I think that's really cool that, you know, that's a. Uh, you know that's you know uh, an opening for people to you know go and and get the help that they need to to deal with such a stressful situation.
0: Yeah, I do too. I think that we are caught in the cycle a lot of times where we're looking to our left and right and and seeing people doing things a certain way and thinking we're the odd man out when really we're we're all. Doing, having unique experiences and doing our own thing and and should normalize this stuff a little bit. There is a lot of pressure in this world. We have to learn a lot of stuff to be successful and just keep going in the day. And if we're caught up and paralyzed because we think we can't do it the right way, that's a pretty limiting way to live and pretty unhappy way to live, I think. It doesn't feel good when I'm that constricted about things. Sydney, were you taught about this? Is this something your mom and dad talked to you about? How do we get to the students before? I mean, I was a stressed out kid in in high school and college, and I had to work really hard as an adult to to do some of these things that we're talking about. How have you learned and come to terms with this in the pressure cooker that you're in at school?
1: I definitely think that I got a great foundation at home. They never pressured me. Uh, I never felt like I was a failure. Or they never made me feel like I was a failure. I think I put that pressure on myself. Right. Definitely. Um, and one thing that actually really stuck with me was when I was entering law school, you know, my parents sat me down because they know how I am, that I'm very difficult on myself sometimes. And they said, at any point in this process, you know, if you feel like you, like law school's not for you, that's okay. Um, it's not a failure in their eyes to, to stop. Or maybe I graduate law school and I decide law, law itself is not the career for me. At any point, I can turn around and pivot, you know, and they would see that as a success still. And that meant so much to me. And that is really how I try to see my whole law school experience now. Um, that no matter what, if I'm starting to feel like it just is completely not for me. And after, you know, a lot of analysis, it wouldn't be any, you know, spur of the moment decision, definitely. Um, But that I would feel like I tried my best and it just wasn't the right fit.
0: Greg, was that intentional? Is that intentional in your household? Is that intentional at work with with your employees? How do you think about that?
2: Well, it's definitely intentional uh, with Sydney. And, And, you know, when, as a parent, you see, you learn, and you understand, you know, who your kids are, and with Sydney, she's been a perfectionist ever since she was really, really small, and as she's mentioned, you know, she is hard on herself because she's always strived to, you know, do really well at whatever she's trying to achieve, and, you know, whether it's dance or whether it's in school, she really pushes hard. It's like one of the most Uh, dedicated people I know, and that includes everybody I know at work. I mean, Sydney really is a hard worker, and she works extremely uh, diligently at whatever her task is that she's working on, so when she entered law school, we understood that, you know, she was going to push herself really, really uh, to the limits, and we wanted her to know that it's not it's not getting a high-paying law job after you graduate. That's important to us. That's that's not it, right? It's her self-fulfillment. It's her doing what she wants to do and pursue. That's the important thing. And you know, I think it's good to hear that she says that it meant so much to her because um, we wanted to have meaning for her and to not put that pressure on herself that she needs to have that, you know, that power job when she graduates.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And it's always so great when our kids get what we were trying to do, because I've missed it a bunch of times, too. But wow, to hear that, that's, that's great. I, um, I want to get into this now, some specifics. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how we can cope with these feelings and move through them instead of getting stuck in them. And we'll be with Greg and Sydney, Louie when we come back. Hello and we're back. This is Polly Campbell. You're listening to Polly Campbell simply said on the best business network of electric cast and we're talking about fear of failure today and what it is and how we can manage it and cope with it better with Greg Louie and Sydney Louie. Greg is an entrepreneur and uh, media personality and businessman. Sydney's a law student and works as a wellness representative at UC Davis with other students, helping them to navigate the stresses of college life because there are stresses all around us. And what often happens, and we were talking about just before the break, is we get caught up feeling like we're not measuring up. So we play small. We decide not to take on new tasks or jobs or opportunities because we're afraid we're going to fail and that can paralyze us when in uh, reality we feel better and we do better when we get in the process when we worry less about outcomes and comparisons with others and just get started so now i want to get into a little bit some practical ways we can think about this because the fear of failure i don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, I've, I've lived with it my whole life, and I know you have all felt it, too. Um, and right before we went to break, Greg and Sydney were talking about how Greg and his wife just took the pressure off, Sydney, by saying, hey, you are not going to be defined by whether you graduate law school or not, or whether you become a high-priced attorney or not. We want you to be fulfilled. We want you to have the experience of learning. And Research has found that children who were told that learning can be difficult but failing is a natural part of the learning process and there have to, there doesn't have to be any set outcome, actually performed better on the tests and got better outcomes in school than those who were not given those reassurances, right? We get caught up in the outcomes of getting the grade or getting the job or getting the money. We forget that the process is important probably the most important, and it's certainly where we derive meaning and purpose in our own lives, which, you know, this is, that's what we talk about here on this show. So I want to talk about some strategies that we can use to overcome that fear of failure. One of them is visualize the worst case scenario and the solution. Greg, have you ever done this? One of the things that research tells us is when we sit down before we tackle a job, and look at all the things that could go wrong, we generally see that really there's nothing we can't handle. We might not like the outcome, but we we don't have to worry about it. And it allows us to be free to go into the project or uh, the business or whatever it is. Uh, Have you ever done this or thought about it this way?
2: Absolutely, Wally. I think this is crucial. It's all about the preparation, right? If you're preparing for different outcomes or different responses, like when you're having a negotiation, and you go in with an idea of where you, you know, what, what's non negotiable in your eyes? What, uh, where do you want to get to? What is something that is acceptable as a, a resolution or, uh, you know, a deal that, that's made to be done? If you know that going in, then you can prepare for the different obstacles that may come up during that, that conversation or during, you know, the length of the negotiation. Sometimes it could take years for negotiation. Hmm. So you you do need to sit down and kind of understand. And once I've always felt, I don't know how the two of you feel about it, but the more prepared I felt going into something, the less anxiety I felt and the less fear I felt of failing. Do you, do you two feel the same way about that?
1: Right. I think there's such thing as over-preparation. Um, and because I deal with an anxiety disorder, I think being prepared is very important, but I also think that I can go overboard with it. Um, and so I do try to balance both, you know, being prepared and also thinking that the vast majority of things in two years, I won't even remember. Yeah. All the things that I stress out about, you know, really don't matter as much in the long run. And personally, for me, that's what helps me uh, manage the fear of failure.
0: What do you mean when you go overboard? For you particularly, what does that look like? Is your mind racing? What does it feel like for you?
1: Oh, yeah, my mind is um, it's running a mile a minute. Um, like we talked about earlier, um in this podcast, we were uh, I can't sleep, you know, my mm-hmm. I'm lying in bed awake, over analyzing, thinking about um, every possible outcome. And all the ways it can go wrong. I think that's the thing, is my brain tends to take it to a negative place where I think my dad stays in a very positive realm. And that's something I'm still trying to learn.
0: Well, and and that's just your approach right there, still trying to learn. That's it, right? Because we all are wired to go to that negativity bias. And what we can remember is we can get better at stopping that or noticing that. So it doesn't take us over. And the irony of this is, is last night I was overthinking about my daughter's anxiety because she was overthinking. And I just (laughs) thought I'm laying in bed thinking I'm failing as a mother and I'm failing this. And I, I'm going down this rabbit hole of all this anxiety because I couldn't help ease her anxiety where she was overthinking and I thought oh man it's a good time to do this show today
2: well Polly I got I got to just jump in and I got to tell you my biggest fear in life is not being a good parent I feel that too I could be a CEO I can run these different businesses I can be on the air with podcasting and all this type of stuff my biggest fear is not being a good parent
0: I feel that the stakes seem so high don't they they feel so high to me that I can really get wound up in that. What do you do when you're having that fear of failure in the middle of the night, Greg? Or how, how what are some of the strategies you use personally to kind of get to this mindset where we're going to learn from our failures and we're not going to get over reactive before they happen and all that? How do you get there?
2: It's really tough. And I think it's years and years of trying to retrain my brain on how to think, because You know, when I was in college or a young adult, I had plenty of, plenty of fears and and it would, it would overwhelm me at times. I, Mm -hmm. I still remember, I still remember I had to do a speech in college and, you know, most people have a fear of public speaking and trust me, I had a fear of public speaking. And the, and, the, and the assignment was that we had to do a persuasive speech. And I got up there and I talked about the Raiders coming back to Oakland. And mm-hmm. I, was, I was part of a fan club and I needed people to sign a petition to get the Raiders back, right? So I did the speech. And at the end of it, all these people started coming up to me and signing this petition. And then I started walking on campus and people had no idea, weren't even in my class, started signing this petition. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I could do this. <laughs> I could actually do this, and that one moment taught me that I was so scared of something that I didn't really need to be scared about, yeah, right, and it was just one it was just one moment in life, but I still remember it today. It, it meant that much to me, and and I think everybody kind of has those tipping points right, where they can get to it and feel good about themselves, and when they have that, you know recognize it, recognize that moment, hold on to it and give yourself that confidence to, you know, be better in the future and reduce that fear.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point. That awareness is a huge strategy to sit down and just say, Oh, here's what I'm feeling now. Here's, here's how it's showing up in my body is, do I know that to be true? And most of the time. We don't. In fact, research says that something like 92% of the time, the thing we fear never happens. We spend most of our time worried about something that hasn't even happened yet. So that's useful to me to, to remember like, geez, I'm thinking about something that's going to happen five years from now or, or five minutes from now. I, I don't even know how it's going to go. I, I don't have the bandwidth, the energy to deal with that that way right now. Sydney, what about you when you're facing that kind of anxiety or you have a big Test or meeting or whatever it is for you that that the center of your fears. Is there one strategy that you use to kind of get out of that cycle?
1: I think it's a little bit about what I mentioned previously that I try to think about whatever I'm worried about, and then ask myself, is it really going to matter in the long run? You know, I pick some arbitrary time in the future, two years from now, at this exact same date and time, is it going to matter? you know, I've stressed out about so many things throughout my life that I barely remember now that were pretty inconsequential. Even the things that were really big, life-changing things, Um, I believe that everything happens for a reason. And I ended up, you know, exactly where I should be. And that does give me comfort.
0: Yeah, I, I do that too. And sometimes people think that's a little cheesy, but but that's true. I might not be comfortable, but I find that wherever I end up is where I needed to be because I had all that learning along the way. And when I can reframe it like that, it helps me not get so freaked out.
2: When Sydney was, was younger, she was a competitive dancer and she got, she had to try out for this, I don't know, internationally recognized dance team. You know, this, this team had been on television and won international competition and stuff. She tried out, she made the team. Now, when she got on the team, it was truly one of the most competitive situations ever, not just with other dance teams, but internally, they were competing against each other all the time, who's going to be in the best spots and who is going to get featured. And it was it was a really uh, interesting, difficult environment to be in. And I remember coming home one night from work And uh, you know, my wife pulled me aside and said, "Sydney needs to talk to us. She's really upset about something." And I go, "Okay." So we sat down, and and Sydney's you know really emotional, and and she wanted to share this. She wanted to not be on the team anymore, and and she was worried. In my opinion, I thought she was worried that she thought we would think of her as a failure Mm -hmm. because she got so far, and she wanted to stop. So we had a conversation and we and I asked her, I go, you know, why do you want to stop? And she said, it's, it's not good for my mental health. You know, it's it's in and I'd rather, you know, go after being, uh, you know, I'd rather be on the mock trial team at high school. And I think that interests me more uh, than and I could really get behind that and lean on that more than, you know, this environment in, in the dance uh, dance team. And we were so you know, supportive of that decision because she analyzed and she knew what was healthy for her.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but she was so upset. I believe she was so upset just because she thought we would think of her as a failure for, for stopping. And it wasn't that she was running away from a tough situation, from a competitive situation. She wasn't avoiding it. She was doing it for the right reason.
0: I love that story. And I think that's an important distinction. Are you not going forward because you're afraid of not being good enough. Like when I was deciding whether or not to start this podcast and I knew I couldn't do it perfectly. Was I avoiding that because I was afraid? Or is it truly because your talents will be best to use somewhere else, or you have more energy around something that's more fulfilling, more meaningful or healthier for you? Knowing that distinction is the thing that's going to help us carry us into our next, possibility. And then there doesn't have to be any fear, right? Because we'll be excited and passionate about what's ahead. Greg and Sydney, this has been a really good discussion. I could go on forever, but we're going to wrap it up. Thanks for being here, both of you. Sydney, how can people connect with you or uh, the things you're interested in going forward?
1: I'm, in, I'm on Instagram under sydneyluhu99, 9 um, 99. Um, I guess you can also find me on LinkedIn under Sydney Louie.
0: Good. We'll check you out. Greg, you're everywhere. Where can where, Where's a good place to track down the work you're doing now? You
2: know, let's talk podcasting. And uh, people can find me basically on similar spots that they can find you on the bestbusinessnetwork.com, also on electricast.com. And, uh, you know, we do have the DIY for business podcast and
0: uh listen to the DIY for business. I love that show. Honestly
2: oh gosh thank you and and you've been a guest on this show and, and a wonderful guest so
0: well and that's one of my favorite episodes greg you know of course
2: <laughs> one of mine too one of mine too Polly. all right, all
0: right. <laughs> you can find me at polycampbell.com or polycampbell.substack.com where i write more in-depth essays about how i'm dealing with this stuff listen we are all going to blow it from time to time we are all going to fail sometimes in a huge way but we can redefine what that means to us and use it as an impetus to keep learning, to keep growing, and to move on instead of limiting our lives. When we do that, we will all live well, do good, and be happy.
1: Welcome to Sara Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've
0: tuned into to a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about
1: amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My
0: IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA.